this is Double Mike, and this episode is an album battle. 1982 versus 1983. It's the early days of 80s metal, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm joined by Joe from the Average Joe channel, and we go head-to-head and try to convince each other which year is better. So make sure you tell me in the comments your face from these years and what year you think is better, 82 or 83, and I'll read your comments in the next episode. You gotta check this bad boy out. Well, Joe, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. How are you, brother? Man, I am so honored to be on the show. I, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I love your episodes, and this is going to be, this was a tough project, my friend. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, but, uh, you know, we've done a few uh, over on your channel, and it's called uh, Average Joe's Channel. Uh, that's been great. Why don't you tell everybody what you're doing over there? What's, what's, uh, what, do you, what kind of point are you trying to get across over there? Uh, it's just average Joe, man. We talk about whatever uh, we're interested in. So we talk music, we talk sports. Uh, we're a couple other, couple other uh, topics out there we want to explore. Got some great interviews coming up. I just did Athenar from Midnight, my favorite newer band. Nice. And I, uh, West Beach from the Plasmatics is coming up too. Sweet. So uh, and I had uh, John Karabi as my first interview. So we do interviews as well. But I have you know guests on and we talk about stuff. We talk sports and and music and there's a few other things I want to talk about too. So but it's been a lot of fun. Awesome, man! It, it, I've had uh, a yeah, great no time. Religion or politics, though. Yeah, keep <laughs> no keep that out of there. <laughs> yeah, um, so the last episode, I, th- I think you might have seen it. Is um, we did one on uh, the worst looks in '80s metal. You know, there was a lot of uh, <laughs> there's some interesting uh, looks that came up, um, and a couple people commented. And, and by all means, when we get done, you, if you had any that we missed, throw them in there. But uh, uh, on YouTube, we had Rock and Roll Outlaw, and he he mentioned Nitro. Uh, and and I, I was kind of like, I like the way Nitro looks. So I didn't put Nitro on, but I know it's ridiculous. He had the huge hair, and you know he had the studded uh, costume and everything. He said Motley Crue Theater of Pain. I get it, but... You know, Motley Theater of Pain. It was it kind of worked for the times, you know. Uh Vinnie Vincent de- yeah, Vinnie Vincent debut. That one almost made my list. What do you think about Vinnie Vincent's debut uh, uh solo album? He looked pretty uh crazy. <laughs> uh I don't like the look. I don't like the album. I still give it a spin. I, I was on an ep- a contrarian's episode where we labeled him either a genius or a hack, and I said he was a total hack. Not a Vinnie Vincent fan. I met him in person. He was nice enough, but I, that album, I can't. I laugh when I hear that album, and yeah, it's. <laughs> we, we, yeah, I don't want to go into it. We got to be up on the top. <laughs> it's over the top. Yeah. They, they mentioned Pretty Boy Floyd once again. Yeah, okay, I get it. Um, Kiss, Lick It Up in Asylum was mentioned by the Rock and Roll Outlaw. I, I actually put Gene on my list from the Lick It Up era because I just thought he looked so so awkward during that period. You know? Yeah. So I, Lick It Up was Lick It Up. I mean. But yeah, asylum they went a little too, and then you know he started going into wearing the wigs and yeah, 
He didn't look cool till till revenge. I thought revenge was his most badass look. Revenge was his most including, badass, including the makeup. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Dave Tyson in the comments. He put um, the early priest look. So when priest was kind of coming out when they first came out, they kind of looked like hippies. You know what I'm talking about? That was a little weird. Yeah, everyone looked like the, the, the puffy shirts and everything else. They not <laughs> discovered the leather yet. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see that. This one came up a lot was uh, Queensryche, uh, Rage for Order. I mean, I get it. I kind of know what they were going for. I think with that whole album and the concept, they were trying to go with like a futuristic type of thing. And that I thought their image was kind of futuristic for that album. But I got to admit that piece of hair that goes down on uh, on Jeff Tate, he had like this big thing that would go down to a point, almost like a vampire. That that was kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I'm trying to think. There were women in videos who had hair like that. <laughs> college once in a while it worked you know they would gel the sides and yeah it, it was a pretty bad look yeah it was, it, it, was. it was uh he mentioned kiss the elder and the killers era i mean you know i don't know that's another one i mean i know it's probably not the right move for kiss to chop off their hair but i don't know i thought they i thought they looked kind of cool for the elder uh no it, 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 gene wore that silly knights thing where he could see his package that was awful <laughs> And Paul Stanley wore that awful pearl neck, purple pearl neck. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, he put Striper. I don't know. I never minded the way Striper looked. It's just basically just whatever. They're just wearing yellow and black. I, I never minded that. Yeah, you hear, 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 hear uh, George Lynch's Striper story? No. Uh, so he said he was on. It was, a, it was like a. I think they were, he was together with the singer from Striper. He was on Eddie Trunk or something. Uh-huh. And he's like, Yeah, we went on tour, you guys. You guys are supposed to be a Christian metal band. And you guys had more debauchery than us than we did. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was uh, Spencer DeForest. He said, uh, Rage for Order as well. Kiss Animalize? Eh, okay. I mean, what do you think? I, I could kind of see it. Yeah. Eh, it's borderline. My, I agree with Motley Crue. Motley, that, that album just pissed me off. I was theater. We should we got to do an episode on that too. We I did a one on my channel, but if you ever want to do a Motley Crue one, cause I've had so many ups and downs with that thing. <laughs> uh, he put Crocus, their Change of Address album. I'm not really familiar with that, but I I mentioned Mark Storis, the singer, in, in, on my list because I just thought he had like the stupidest hair, you know, for a lead singer. Night Ranger, Midnight Madness. I, I'm always down with Midnight or uh, Night Ranger. A couple of those guys just had a bad image. And he mentioned Alice Cooper's blackout period. During that whole period, Alice looked well. He was kind of sickly because he was messed up on drugs, well, but he, he, he looked kind of weird. He was a crackhead, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I mean, That'll do it, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I actually saw him on the uh, Special Forces tour. He played Chicago for Billy Squire. This was during his first album. He opened up for. Alice Cooper at Chicago Fest mm-hmm. Special Forces tour and he got bombarded off the stage it was brutal wow. like a year later he's one of the biggest acts in the world crazy crazy um yeah. Russian bot said Kingpin. Now, if, if okay, so if you guys ne- have never heard of Kingpin, Kingpin became Shotgun Messiah. So basically, they were in Sweden, they were Kingpin, and then they came to the states and they changed the name and they changed the image. But just Google the band Kingpin, uh, Shotgun Messiah. They're wearing like you know weird fluorescent speedos and, and fluorescent clothes and tights, and they they looked really bad. So, so they they looked a lot better once they got to the states as uh, Shotgun Messiah. 
You know, I'd like to add uh, Russia's kim- brief kimono look was pretty bad. Uh. In fact, I know Phil Muggs from UFO like made fun of them when they toured together. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. That was pretty awful. They even made fun of that too. They said they went to J- Japan town in San Francisco and bought that stuff and then wore it on. Wore, thought it was cool to wear. <laughs> so, that's, that's what I like about Rush. They're self. They can be self-deprecating and, and make fun of themselves <laughs> in good fun. <laughs> Uh, over on Twitter, Road Rage put the Britney Fox debut. That that made um, Ryan's list that, that was with me on that one. And uh, Ultimate Sin, Ozzy. Yeah, I mean, I, once again, a lot of that stuff for me, Joe, doesn't bother me because I just feel like that was kind of like the times. You know what I mean? When you get to 86, everybody's kind of softened it up and glammed it up a little bit. I didn't think Ozzy looked terrible. I mean, granted, he probably looks better when he's trying to do like a more evil looking, you know, type of a look. But I didn't mind him in 86. What do, what do you think? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I love that album. Me too. I, I, I know a lot of people rip into it, but I think that was Ozzy's last good album. I, I don't, I, I can't listen to the Zach Wilde stuff. Really? Okay. So that's, that is my thing. But I, I love Ultimate. That first side Ultimate Sin is amazing. It could, it, could the production be beefier? Yeah. Yeah. But that's Ron Nevison. I mean, Ron Nevison was wimpy even with UFO until the live album. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that's his production. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Ultimate Sin is uh, one of his best. I, I think all the songs are great. Yeah, that's a great album. All right, our show tonight is going to be pitting 1982 against 1983. So we've each picked seven albums, and we're going to pretty much kind of go head-to-head. You're going to drop one, I'm going to drop one, and we're going to see, just kind of tally it all up and, and see what year is better, man. So why don't you just start? Right. Full disclosure, I was alive in 1982. I was a senior in high school. This was a great year for music for me, so this was very difficult to pick just seven. Mm-hmm. And I also tend to be heavier, so okay. I don't know how this is gonna this is gonna fit into your fan base, but here we go. You ready? Drop one, man. Let's see it. Eighty-two. Number, Let's go. Number seven. Okay. how good this, this year was that I got it at number seven. And I left some great albums off. But yeah, Creature of the Night is my number seven. Okay, well, talk about this album. What what makes it so great? You know, I was a Kiss fan since Alive, and I've gone through my ups and downs with them, but they're like my gateway band. Mm-hmm. I'm an Aerosmith. And they would, you know, there's times where they would bring you joy, and there's times when they would bring you pain, sweet pain. But, uh, <laughs> you know, here, here you go. They... they, they Dynasty, we talked about Dynasty. You made me real evaluate Dynasty, but sure. at the time, I got a lot of hell for Dynasty. Unmasked, I still can't get through. The Elder, I was happy it wasn't unmasked, but it was still, a, you know. Yep. And then they come out with this album. I mean, they had the Killers album. Those songs were okay. You had to search for it in the, uh, um, in the cut, and not the cut, the uh, import bin. This album comes out, the bombastic drums, they're heavy again. I saw them on this tour with my next band, my next pick. Uh, I had I drove to Dubuque, Iowa, in front of like twenty five hundred people. No one went to this tour, but it was the best concert I ever went to. This was back, man. They yeah, were back. they were heavy. Gene Simmons was singing great songs. War Machine is friggin' awesome. Mm. I don't care about how overplayed it. I love it. It's great. Creatures of yep. the Night is great. The whole album is just 
it was just a comeback and it was it was like my band is back and what was cool at the time what fits into this is because kiss was so low on the totem pole i got dumped by a girl for going to this concert by the way <laughs> that's how low on the totem pole they were that they fit in with all these underground bands and i was getting the metallica metal up your ass tapes and i was all of a sudden you'll you'll find out about other bands on my list but Kiss was fitting into that new wave of British heavy metal and underground metal scene, and they weren't this big kitty band anymore. And that was cool, too. Yep. In fact, Paul Stanley even did an interview with uh, Kick-Ass Monthly, which was a fanzine, one of the fanzines I used to write for and get out of New York. I mean, it was just a little fanzine that this guy, Bob Mulvaney, and he talked to that, to, you know, interview with them. It was so cool. So that's my number seven. Kiss was back in full force. Yeah, man. You know, if I were to do 1982, which I didn't, I hated to do 83, uh, Creatures would top it for me because I think, you know, it's one of my favorite Kiss albums. Um, I love I love the sound production on that. Like you said, the drums are so huge. The bass is great. Gene's voice is in you know, awesome form. He's the demon again. It's really nasty. Great songs. I, th- I think Gene is a little bit stronger on this album than Paul. Maybe I-, I think Gene always thrives in the more metallic type of stuff. But you, I mean, War Machine is one of my War Machine's one of my favorites. I love, I love it loud. Killer, rock and roll, hell. I mean, it's great. And, and Paul stuff's great too. Creatures of the Night, Danger. It- it's just a killer album. You know what? Um, I forgot to mention. I knew right off the bat, Ace Freely wasn't on the album. Right. I, I could tell. Yeah, like, he's, this is an East Philly. So they had a bunch of guest guitarists. One, for, the guy from Mister Mister. And if you can search out an interview about with him about this album, it's great. Nice. But uh, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. No, you're fine, man. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah. It's a great album. Uh, one thing that I think I didn't mention much about when I was on your show. Uh, we were talking about Kiss, and I, and I think when I did my album listing on my own show, I didn't even mention Vinnie Vincent because you know I think everybody always talks about Vinnie Vincent saving Kiss. I don't know if he really played that big a role in this album. What do, I mean, what do you think? I think he wrote a co-wrote a few of the songs. He only played on a few of the songs. I don't think his presence is that strong on Creatures. At the tour, maybe, but not you know not the album. What do you think? No, I, he doesn't play. Uh, he doesn't play a lot. We find out it was Robin, like Robin Ford, and uh, I'm blanking on the guy from Mister Mister. He plays a lot on it. Um, he writes two. I mean, he wrote he wrote War Machine. I think he's yeah, co. I think he's co. I love it loud. Right? Yeah, I love it loud. I think he's co on I Still Love You. Yeah, he's 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 like on three songs or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, his contributions are there. And uh, you know, did he save Kiss? I don't think so. But yeah, he made. I mean, Kiss. You know, had to survive. I remember driving to the concert not knowing if Ace would be there or this new guitar player. And we found out, you know, after a couple songs, after the after Detroit Rock City and the explosions, that, okay, it's not Ace Freely. Yeah, that had to have sucked, especially for those people who are big Ace fans. Yeah, no, it was still, I'm telling you, it was the best concert I've ever been to. It was great. All right, well, I'm going to put up against your album because I don't think anything can touch Creatures. I'll put one that's toward the bottom of my list. Ozzy Bark at the Moon. Now, it's a great album. I think I think every song on this album is good. I think the first song is the best. I mean, obviously, the title track, uh, Bark at the Moon, is the best song. It's the heaviest. It's the fastest. Um, but it's all well written. I don't think the album ever really gets super fast or heavy again. You know what I mean? 
Um, but it, it's a cool album. There's a lot of weird keyboards on it. It's still got that early 80s metal uh, kind of thing going on. It, it's kind of strange, but you know, now you see it, now you don't. Center of Eternity, uh, So Tired is a cool ballad. You're no different. Slow Down. I mean, it's just uh, it's a very consistent album. There's nothing out there that, like I said, I, I would take Ultimate Sin over this album any day of the week. But um, this album's decent, man. It's solid. What, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like Ultimate Sin better. I saw him on this tour. It was great. Uh, the one thing that sticks out to me about the album is hearing Jakey Lee's interview a couple years ago, how Sharon uh, Osbourne screwed him on the songwriting credits. Because mm. if you look at the album, Ozzy Osbourne is credited as writing the sole writer of all the songs. Mm. And we know that's not... No way. That, that he's not capable of doing that. <laughs> yeah, so she really screwed over Jakey Lee on this. But yeah, I mean, considering what they had to go, I mean, they lost one of the greatest guitarists of all time, yep. and they released this album. I like this album a lot. I love Bark at the Moon. But I agree with you. I like Ultimate Sin a little bit better. Nice, nice. Well, I would say, I think you would probably go with Creatures over Bark at the Moon, right? Yes. Okay, and I'm going to go Creatures over Bark at the Moon. So right now, 82 is in the lead, man, with two two votes, okay? All right, so let me drop let me drop one of mine. Um We'll try to. Do, I guess we'll try to go. You seem to want to do it in order. I'll, I'll kind of do mine in order. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Man of War uh, into Glory Ride, and I don't think this is um, Man of War's best. And, and speaking of bad looks, this is kind of when they started um, implementing the uh, the loincloths and all that kind of stuff that we kind of picked on on the last episode. But um. It's a it's a cool album, man. It's it's dark, it's it's raw. You know, there's a lot of slow, heavy type stuff. This isn't a real fast album. This is more of like a they're letting their Sabbath uh, roots kind of show stuff like Secret of Steel, Gloves of Metal, March for Revenge. Um, yeah, go ahead. Gloves of Metal has one of the coolest riffs of all time. Yes, it does. And I think the main thing for me is don't get me wrong. Scott Columbus, Ross the Boss, Joey. They're all awesome musicians, but the guy who sells this band always for me, who carries this band, is Eric Adams. His vocals on that beginning part of the Gates of Valhalla—it's—it's it's really it's quiet. It's you know it's more of a softer beginning. He's going to some you know high stratospheres with his vocals. So just his vocals make it. And what's cool is he can do something completely soft. And then he can go and do something that's completely nasty and gnarly and distorted, something like Hatred, you know, that's on that album. So that's that's what I got, man. I'm throwing a Man of War into Glory Ride out there. What, what do you want to say about it? Tell, what, yeah, what do you think? Tell me about, what do you think of Man of War's oh, no. into Glory Ride? I love that album. It's, like I said, Gloves and Metal's a freaking great song. Mm-hmm. I love that album. Yep. Yeah, that's in my, yeah, it, totally my wheelhouse. So I can't argue with it at all. Um, I do think that I was most, I mean, it was cool. I, I knew Ross the Boss from The Dictators. Yep. That was cool. But Joey DeMeo's bass playing is what blew me away, yeah. even more so than the vocals. Okay, yeah. But yep. Yeah, it, it, I can't argue with you there. Nice, um, nice. So my number six is your buddy, West Beach. Uh, Plasmatics coup d'etat. Ah, nice, nice. about it. So... They opened up for Kiss on that show, and it was amazing. And this album is full-on heavy metal. I can't stand when people label the Plasmatics as a punk band because the latter half of their career 
was full heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Dirks from Scorpions produces this album. Every song rocks. It's heavy as can be. Put Your Love In Me has this really cool mellow intro and it just it's just bombastic. They do a cover of No Class by Motorhead. Mm -hmm. um, County Fairs, again, I, was, I talked to Wes about that and he starts out with a nice, you know, soft part and it just blasts. Her lyrics, she was singing stuff about, this, uh, in 1982 she was singing about the same issues that people are debating now. <laughs> right. She was so ahead of her time. I wish Wendy Williams one day would get her too. I want to do like a book or if I, if there's a filmmaker out there or something, we, something needs to be done so she gets her credit, not just Miley Cyrus ripping off her logo and her look for that one album. Yeah. But yeah, Kudetan is my number six. Nice. Um, this album I, I got kind of familiar with when I, when I talked to Wes because I wanted to you know do some research about some of the albums he played on with her. Uh, but it, Plasmatics were never on my radar as a kid for some reason. Probably because they're just more of an underground, you know, weird type of a thing that just you know just wasn't big. You know, she was kind of fading when, when I was getting into music, so uh, I kind of missed her. But but that is a great album, man. There's no doubt about it. So if you had to pick between the Plasmatics uh, or the Man of War, which one are you going to go for? You know, Mike, I don't want to be a dick, but I'm going to have to pick my album. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. And Wes is so cool, man. Like I said, I'm so glad that you got to talk to Wes. I've talked to him a few times. He's a great person to interact with. And I mean, we did that cover. That was super fun, too. I, I sometimes forget about that, but that, that was a great time, too. Yeah. So great guy, man. Cool guy. All right, man. Why don't you lay down your next one for, for uh, 82? Let's hear it. Number five. I'm going with Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> so this album is pretty much all great. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, they, every song on it is great. Yep. My, the reason, it, it, you know, it's not hell-bent for leather, though. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Stay in class. So, but I can't knock this album. When it first came out, I was like, okay, well, you, you know, you got another thing coming. It is getting overplayed and everything else. But it, going back and listening to it, it's just good. And I, I like the previous album. Everybody rips in the point of entry, but I thought that was a great album, too. But um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's just it's just front to back. The Hellion intro and Electric Eye. Electric Eye is so badass. It is. Um, and it goes into right right in the wind. But like the the sleeper songs like Bloodstone and uh, Devil's Child are just kick ass. Screaming for Vengeance too. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a great album. Front to you know it, it's it's a great album. Again, as a Priest fan, who I you know I jumped on the I jumped on for uh, Hellbent for Leather and went back to the back catalog. So Stan Class and Hellbent for Leather uh, are my favorites. British Steel, uh, I like a lot. Um, I don't know if I, I might like this more than British Steel. I really have a fine spot for Point of Entry. I know a mm -hmm. lot of people hate that album, but I thought that album was great too. But yeah, I I can't say a bad word about this album. This was a. a, a I'm telling you, I left some great albums off this list, so this is a tough year to pick just seven. 
Yeah, I'm a big priest guy. I love priest, and I, I love I love Hellion, and I love Screaming for Vengeance, and uh, so many great songs on this album, man. This is a tough one because I do I do love priest. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to put a heavy hitter up against you and, and try to try to bring you over to my side because because I, I don't want to lose, man. So so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw out. <laughs> A huge album from 1983. This was the first heavy metal album to ever go number one. And it's Quiet Riot's Metal Health, man. And it's it's it is a great album. This this is another one that you you can say every song is great on this one. You know they shot their shot right. They 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 kind of went to stardom with their debut, and then uh, it was all downhill from there. But uh, man, you know, come on, feel the noise and metal health are just monster tracks that you still hear on the radio and hear everywhere today. Man, slick back black Cadillac, uh, loves a bitch. Let's get crazy. Thunderbirds dedicated to Randy. And man, Kevin DeBro, whole band's great. You know, Frankie Benelli, Rudy, Carlos. But man, once again, I think is for me, it's always the vocals that, that that's what's going to sell me on a band. And I think DeBro's voice is is so cool. And when you've got the right songs, I think this album has the right songs. You know, I think you get this in the later ones, and the songs are just kind of getting worse. But when you got the right songs, you got the tight band and that killer voice of his, man, awesome. And he also had a bad look. So let's, let's, let's not forget that. Let's, let's try to not look at him. <laughs> he had a bad look in the early in the early goings when he's, he was going bald and he's wearing suspenders and and he had the uh, the peppermint striped suits and stuff that he was wearing. But he his look got real good, man. Around eighty six, he, he was starting to look better. So um, that's what I got, man. I got Quiet Riot. What, what do you? Uh, what, who would you pick? You're gonna stick with Priest? I'm sticking with Priest. I'm sticking with Priest. Mike, I love you, but <laughs> I, I get. I mean, I bought Quiet Riot. I, I've seen him. A handful of times. We I remember we were at they played at some venue and we met Carlos Cavazo. I saw them uh, the the tour after when White Snake opened up for him, but never could fully get into them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, what's amazing though is that they had that number one album that sold so big, and then after that they just just fell yep. off the map. Yep, they did. Yeah, they did. But um, all right, man, I, I didn't get that. I, I love the Priest one. I'm just I think I'm gonna say I think I like. Song for song, I probably like Metal Health just a little bit better. So I'm going to go Metal Health. So so 83 is getting another vote. You got to vote for 82. And I'll drop an album now that you have to go against. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there, man. Oh, you're made it. Peace of mind. Um... I think I think this I think this and Number of the Beast are probably their two best albums. You know, I think the, the, the thing about this album, I think it's maybe a little bit more. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to call it commercial. Uh, I do think it's a little bit more catchier, uh, maybe than the one before it. But just great stuff, man. Flight of Icarus, uh, Where Eagles Dare, uh, Trooper, Still Life. I, I think some of those when you talk about those sleeper tracks or those dark horse tracks that are kind of deep cuts. You know, like Still Life. And I love Quest for Fire, man. I know Quest for Fire is cheesy about, but the dinosaurs and all that shit. But I, I love it, man. And, he, and he, like I said, I think he's really, he's trying really hard to make some real memorable, catchy choruses with with the um, harmonies and stuff. So I, I think it's, I mean, once again, what can I say, man? Dickinson, once again, awesome, another awesome singer, great musician, Steve Harris, the whole the whole lot of them. Uh, great album. What do you think, man? What do you think about Peace of Mind? 
it's awesome. It's my favorite main metal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw my, I'm throwing Number of the Beast against it. Okay. Oh, damn it. Okay. I had Number of the Beast either as number three or four. I'm going to throw it as my number four. Uh, We're going to go head to head. If I had to choose, I would definitely choose Peace of Mind. I feel they upped their game a bit. Um, I know some people prefer, prefer Clive Burr's drumming, but I thought that Nico... I mean, they start they go off with his drum roll. I mean, that's the first thing you hear on the album. Yeah. But the Trooper is amazing. The Trooper helps me get an A in history. Talking <laughs> about the Crimean, Crimean War. Now look what's going on in Crimea. It might right. start a nuclear war. But that's what they're singing about. I mean, it's a, it's the battle, you know, the battle of Light Brigade. Um, to charge of the Light Brigade. Yeah, it's it's it, it's 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 a great album. Uh, Still Life is so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's my favorite Maiden album, for sure. All right, so t- tell your story about Number of the Beast, uh, what makes that one good, and uh, I'll jump in after you. We'll, we'll talk about Number of the Beast. Yeah, so I, and I was I was in the Maiden from day one. Uh, I heard him on the Metal for Mothers EP, uh, album. So, you know, I was getting into that. It was all because I discovered Motorhead. So I bought the Iron Maiden album, and that's great. I bought Killers when I was in Germany. I actually got Killers uh, a couple months before it was released here in the United States. And it had an extra song on it and everything. And, and, the, and that's my favorite album, made an album cover. Killers is probably top five for me still. Mm-hmm. So then I got into Samson, too. And uh, that, um, what, what album was that? With Bruce. He was on two albums, but the one album was awesome. So when I found out that and his name was Bruce Bruce, not Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Bruce Bruce. <laughs> so when, when I found out that he was joining Iron Maiden at first, he, uh, Shock Tactics. Everybody out there buy Samson Shock tactics, tactics. It might be Bruce Dickinson's finest vocal work. Wow, honestly. okay. Hmm. But when I found out that he was, le- you know, Deano was leaving and they were replacing him with Bruce through Corrine, I was kind of pissed. I was like, no, you're ruining two really good bands, you know? But then they released this album, and I was in Hook, Lane, and Sinker, and I saw their, I believe I saw their first show with Bruce at Chicago Fest, the same venue we were talking about, Alice Cooper. Um, this was a few years later they played, and it was it was great, man. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's just a great album. It, it uh, you know, Hell by Thy Name has an iconic riff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just great, but I do like Peace of Mind better. Well, you bastard, you had to put Number of the Beast against Peace of Mind because I, I like Number of the Beast better, and I'm going to have to pick that one. But, but I'll just... No I, I, I'll just... So, all right, I'm going to mark it down. So, 83... I'm going to say when you're freaking bound. No, no, no. I, uh, I mean, come on, man. It, it faders... Prisoner, Acacia Avenue, Hollow Be That Name. I mean, come on. It's just a banger. Every song. I'm going to be nice to Mike. I'm gonna, I, he's going to choose peace of mind. All right. That's what makes this show so great. Right? Oh, I, yeah, right. It's all spontaneous. But, um, yeah, man. It, I, once again, I, 
I got into music, I've told you already, I got into music about 86. So at this point, Dickinson was already in Maiden and they were doing Somewhere in Time at that point. So everything is backtracked. So I've gone back and I've listened to Deano and it, it's, it's okay. But man, there's a magical pairing with Dickinson and the boys. I, that, that just, that's Maiden for me. So, you know, I got to go with this album and I, and I think it's solid. A lot of great albums follow, but this one's top notch for sure. So I'll go Number of the Beast. Yeah, you know I don't want to shortchange killers. I, you know, Deanna, that album is awesome. It's dangerous. The cover's dangerous. The songs are nasty. It, they're punchy, kind of almost punk at times. So I don't want to shortchange killers. Killers is definitely a top five album for me. But they're in their wheelhouse. Then they do Number of the Beast. They up their game. And then, like I said, Peace of Mind is quite possibly my favorite Maiden album. But I, I'm still, I, I'm not a fan of Latest album, but I'm, I'm going to go see him again on the 27th. Cool. Uh, you know, so I've seen them, what, at least 20 times. Once with Deano and everything, every time else with Bruce. I never saw him with uh, Blaze. Okay. But, um, yeah. All right, brother. Drop drop um, an album. What do you got? What do you got? All right. So number three, man. This album is great. And this album blew me away. And I don't know why I... I don't know if it, I, I can't think of how I found them out because this is when I, I was just full on new way of British heavy metal was full steam and I was getting imports so this band's from Germany and I know I like Scorpions and I found out they're oh, from Germany I love and Scorpions. I hear this opening of this album and it's the music my grandma listened to and all of a sudden they scratch the record and one of the heaviest songs I've ever heard Fast as a Shark comes on it's Accept Restless and Wild Oh, oh, I was thinking Scorpions, except, nice, okay, awesome. Yeah, this this album is friggin' great. It just, oh my God, the drums, the bass drums, Restless and Wild, the head of the pack, shake your heads. Uh, the last song, Princess of the Dawn, when it just cuts out, it's perfect for me. Uh, just love the heaviness, love everything about it. Well... Never been much of an Accept fan. And hey, another guy that made the list of worst looks was Udo with his camo and his white suspenders, just to throw that out there. But uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, never, I respect them. I, I, and like I said, you know, I, I know some of their tunes, Balls to the Wall and all that kind of stuff. But it, and I think it's cool, but it's just a band. Once again, I missed it. You know, I, I, he was gone uh, pretty much by the time I started getting into music. So yeah, I never really could understand them. And, and once again, uh, as a young kid, I was kind of listening with my eyes and, 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 you know, to see him just wasn't, he didn't look like Vince Neil, you know, you know, or the rest of the guys. So it didn't, uh, it didn't work right, for yeah, me. You know, he had more, he made more of a, we thought he was more like a Rob Halford look. Yeah, um, totally. You know, they had strange lyrics, but you found out that it was actually the guitarist's girlfriend that wrote the lyrics, not, not Udo. Huh. Uh, but the heaviness of this album, it's just in my wheelhouse. It's not like super thrash, but it's it's just friggin' full on. As as the next album was, Balls to the Wall. This is total Balls to the Wall album. Uh, yeah, I, I just love it. All right, and and and, and it, it couldn't have started out better because my grandma would listen to that old time German music. Uh huh. And I'm gonna put it on. I'm like, hi, hi, and then you hear the scratching. I'm like, oh my god. And I'm like, and then what am I listening to? So, yeah, that's, my number, that's my number three. <laughs> All right. So I'm trying to think what I want to put up against this one. I think I'm going to just throw out, you know what? I'm going to throw out. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah
Metallica. Kill them all. Um, oh, I was wondering if you would pick that. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they're not they're not there yet, right? Like these guys, they're getting there. They're, they 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 start pretty strong, but I think they really develop their sound more with the, the album that follows us. But um, they're pretty pretty great songs, man. Hit the lights. Uh, Four Horsemen, Whiplash, Seek and Destroy, Jump in the Fire, um, a lot of cool riffs, you know, but it all, I think overall kind of all sounds kind of similar, you know, they're definitely influenced, you talk about the British metal, you can tell they're they're influenced by a lot of that stuff with this album, and they kind of shake that and start developing the thrash sound that they're kind of known for uh, once you get to Ride the Lightning. But Kill Em All, man, it's class. It's great. And uh, Hatfield sings kind of high on this one. I feel like his voice is a little more screamy um, than it is. He gets more of a growl as he gets older and and, and they progress with their albums. But, dude, it's just great metal. It's good stuff. I am going to have to slightly agree with you here and take Metallica's debut. Oh, wow. And Yeah, so... I had the demo, Metal Up Your Ass, because I was trained. There was a guy, Ron Quintana, out in San Francisco, who actually named the band. Um, I saw them open up for Raven. If you look on YouTube at the Chicago Metro, we were one of the guys that took Kurt's guitar off his back. But I remember I was out in New Jersey. I was actually at Johnny Z's record store. I, was, I knew a girl out there, and, and I was visiting her, and she took me to the store. So I got it when it was released at Johnny Z's record store. Because he was, they were on the, on his record label, mm. and uh, it's just it's it's brutal, it's pure, it's great, it's so cool. They're gonna play. Uh, I was thinking about going because it's it's they're playing the Hard Rock um, in Hollywood near Fort Lauderdale, and Raven's gonna open up for them, and they're just gonna play stuff up to either till, I don't know if they're gonna play um, Justice stuff or just up to Master of Puppets, mm. but that's it. Nice. Yeah, it's it's gonna be all old stuff, and it's really cool. So it's kind of a throwback. But yeah, I, I'm gonna have to slightly go. I like the I love the accept them, but I'm gonna have to slightly go with that Metallica debut. Wow. And I'm glad you picked it. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's in some respects, it might be my favorite Metallica album. I wow. There, there's different twists and turns with Metallica. Mm-hmm. I understand. You know, Ride Ride the Lightning at the time. Yeah, they're taking another step forward. Master yep. of Puppets probably is better, but. In some respects, I just like that raw, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a raw, not overly produced, yep. young, hungry band just kicking ass. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's good, man. By you picking that, that that ties us up five for five and five apiece. So, all right, we're get, we're, we're tied up. Um, so we're getting all down. Right. We're getting down to the wire. I got to throw an album. I only got I only got two left. I think. Right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, let's just throw it out there, man. Kiss, lick it up. You know, I think it's a good album. You know, they took the makeup off, and, and obviously they got bigger. It was a, it was an image thing. I think this album is totally inferior to Creatures of the Night. I think it doesn't have the same kind of quality of songs. I don't think it has the, the same kind of decent sound quality, uh, the ballsy, heavy sound that Creatures of the Night has. And I think, dude, what I, what I think about this, and I, I went and I listened to all these tracks and I was just trying to put my finger on what what about this album that kind of bothers me. And I think what it is is that Kiss is trying to be 80s metal, 
But I don't think they really know what 80s metal is. Does that make sense? Like, I think they're just taking what they've done in the past for the most part and just speeding it up. And it, it almost, yeah. it's like a weird, it's like a hybrid kind of a music. So some stuff, like something like Young and Wasted, it almost sounds kind of punky or something. It doesn't even sound like 80s metal, you know? When you look at, like, you listen to Quiet Riot and you listen to Motley Crue Shout at the Devil, that's that's what 80s, that's the big 80s metal that, that's taken over the airwaves. What Kiss is doing, another thing that that makes it kind of weird, and it's not bad, but Simmons is really busy still on the bass. And if you listen to most '80s metal shit, the bass is dum 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 dum. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just strumming away. Simmons, if you listen to his bass playing on this, he's real. He's moving around a lot. He's real active, uh, playing to all the riffs and everything. So I mean. I think, once again, it's probably a stronger Gene album. I don't know if I really like many of the Paul songs. Something about them. I, sometimes when Paul's trying to be Mr. Heavy Metal, it doesn't work because this is not his style. When Gene does it, it works. Not for the innocent, you know, eighth day, dance all over your face and all that kind of stuff. Those are cool songs. Lick It Up was great. It's probably just overplayed at this point. That's another one we talked about. You know how we talk about songs that have just been beaten to death. And Lick It Up is that song. It was the right song for radio. You know, it made the album big. Uh, Vinnie Vincent has songwriting credits throughout the whole thing. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing because, like I said, I think he had less involvement with Creatures and I prefer those songs more. This album, I don't know. It's, like I said, it's just it's just kind of weird. I don't. It's just its own kind of a thing. I don't think any of the other albums really sound like this album. I don't know, man. What do you think? I liked it just as much, if not a little bit better than Creatures. Really? It's just the album, Creatures. Wow, okay. Yeah, and, uh... I think that A Million to One is a great song. Yeah. I think it's Vinnie Vincent's best guitar solo because he doesn't try to be Inge Malmsteen. <laughs> right. I like, uh, I think, I like what they did with all, I mean, the story behind all Bra- Hell's Breaking Loose is Eric Carr wrote it as like a cashmere and then Paul took it and, you know, turned it into, I like it. I like mm-hmm. the rap and everything. Mm-hmm. But I like Lick It Up a lot. It, wow. It, okay. It, I think it's a, I think it's a great album. Um, I think it's just as good, if not better, than Creatures in some respect. Hmm. Uh, no, I agree. Young and Wasted's great. I, I, your assessment, I apply that more to Animalize. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Animalize. No, me either. I think that's, they kind of got lost where they didn't know where to fit in. And True. Songwriting was kind of weak. Yeah. But here, I think it's it's still fairly strong. Um, I love the best lead, possibly the best lead on the album is played by Rick Derringer. <laughs> uh, Exciter. And Exciter. Yeah, and and then like you bring up the bass, like you don't even, you don't know who's even really, really playing any. True, it might not even be Gene on the bass, and yeah, that's true. Paul Stanley gonna be playing, or Vinny, you know, you don't know. But like I've heard rumors on Creatures that Gene was so despondent about his breakup with Diana, Diana Ross, all he wanted to do was sing on the album. He doesn't even play bass on it. I've, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, you know, it's part of history. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I I love looking up and. I'm I'm glad you picked it as uh, number two, but I think you're a little too rough on it for your number two. <laughs> well, what are you going to put up against it? What, what do you what do, what do you got? What do you got? All right, this is it wasn't an album; it was an EP, and it's pretty. It's 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 perfect. The lyrical content uh, is rough. Um, I thought maybe I was going to go to hell when I listened to it. <laughs> it's Merciful Fate, the original. It's not to be called the beginning. It was the original one. With uh, art, the original artwork, the Black and Night, I'm not going to be too descriptive because I don't want you getting banned. <laughs> but the music, aside the lyrical content, yeah, okay, it gets kind of nasty. Aside from that, the, it's it's again, it's kind of like that first Metallica album. It's like not overproduced. It's a 
friggin' it, I just listened to it. You know, I listened to it the other night because of the, you told me we were doing this episode. So I was going, I was driving for a workout. And I listened to it. it. It's it's just about perfect. And I love how the drums slam uh, at the beginning of Nuns Dead No Fun. The the ripping lead at the beginning of uh, Corpse Without a Soul. Uh, doomed by the living dead devil's eyes is just great i mean it, you know it's, it's short it's an ep but it's number two i think i, I don't think they've ever equaled this I, you know when when they released like melissa everybody said or the oath that's their gold standard albums i thought it was overproduced and not as you know i, I think the, it, those albums are kind of weak in comparison to this i don't think they were able ever able to duplicate the um the music, you know, the, the the musical quality, that just the rawness of this album. In fact, the songs on Melissa, like Curse of the Pharaohs, are on the demo, and they're added to the beginning now. You can hear. I like those demos better than the production on, you know, Evil Curse of the Pharaohs. Um, yeah, yeah, I I like it better with the original, uh, you know, EP recording. So that's my number two. Hmm. I can't go and see them. Uh, my. My friend from Midnight's opening up for them, um, and uh, I'm going to go see him at the casino in Northwest Indiana on November 3rd. So nice. that should be interesting because Merciful Fate hasn't played live here in a while. Nice. I got I got nothing on Merciful Fate, man. Never really listened to them. Maybe a song or two I've heard. I've, I've definitely heard King Diamond, and you know I'm kind of on the fence about. Oh, the crazy voice that he's got. <laughs> so on this album, I think it works after a while. And then, like when he went solo, I I kind of just like okay, enough. Yeah, I can't. I don't like the King Diamond albums. I know there's. I'll piss off maybe some fan base out there, but I'm sorry. But let me tell you a story. I got a cousin. They're both crazy, and I haven't talked to them in a while. So we go. We were on a road trip, and uh, we were going to see the White Sox play the Rays in Tampa. So we're staying at this you know, on the beach. My cousin takes his shirt off and he's got the don't break the oath tattoo on his, on his bicep, on his whole upper arm. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, you know, you got a picture of Satan on your arm, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> so yeah, I, I know some people that obviously they're huge. And then my, my other cousin named his daughter, Melissa. Like, so they're into it. They're deep into it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, but I fell. I, I kind of. I like. I love the first EP. The next two albums that were good, and then after that, I kind of just like. Eh. Yeah, so I agree with you there. So what about? Uh, so what do you do? Lick it? You pick Lick It Up or Merciful? What are you gonna go with? Uh, lick It Up or Merciful Fate? Yeah. You know, I, I gotta go with the music on Merciful Fate. Okay. I actually think King Diamond's lyrics are the weak link. I I I, I just like the slamming drums and the. The chord progressions, it's kind of like uh, early priest in a way. Um, yeah. What's your number two? Um, no, I think, I think I've think i only got one left, I think, right? I think we each oh, got one left. So yeah. Wait, look it up for Merciful Fate. I'm going to go with Merciful Fate. Okay. Go okay. So you drop your last one. Drop your number one. Know, let me think about that one. Can I think about that yeah, one? Yeah, you want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you come over here, I'm probably going to win. <laughs> I really love Lick It Up, and it would have definitely made my top seven for 83. And uh, just because of the lyrical content and King Diamond's voice, I might have to go with Lick It Up. But let me, let me get back to you. You get back to me. We'll, we'll keep it where it's at. So right. so what, what's okay. your number? Talk to me about your number one. My number one, and I just talked to a guy, my, uh, one of my buddies, 
back home, um, you know, my original home, Chicago, uh, just went to see Michael Shanker last night. So my best story about this is I was working at a radio station and, uh, at the University of Iowa, and I was talking to this other dude. We were the only two metal guys. You know, it was every, everything else was like, you know, REM was huge in college radio and alternative and punk. I mean, and I told him that I felt that <laughs> Paul Chapman UFO was just as good as Michael Shaker UFO. And he came at me. He wanted to have a fist fight. There's a few times where I've almost gotten a fight or gotten a fight over music. Now, like, dude, <laughs> first of all, beat the shit out of you. Secondly, it's only music. It's, it's an I'm, opinion. I'm not even saying it's better than Shaker. I'm saying it's just as good. So my number one album of 1982, and I stand by this. I love this album. It might be controversial. It's Mechanics by UFO. I love Paul Chapman UFO. I love this album. If you want to listen to UFO, it's his best. It's doing it all for you. The middle part where Paul... Chapman just rips into the solo. I just love it. There's a couple weak songs on it, like Terry or Back Into My Life. After that, the drums are pounding. Pete Way is just full on. Phil Moog, I think his, his vocals are great here. The band falls apart after this. You know, it was too much. They weren't selling any albums here in the United States. They were kind of falling, even falling off the map. And, and, and there was a lot of drinking and drugs, too, especially with Pete Way's concern. But I love Mechanics. It's my favorite UFO album. I mean, Strangers is my favorite UFO album. That's like Kiss Alive. But my favorite studio UFO album is UFO Mechanics, number one album of 1982. And I stand by that Paul Chapman era UFO is just as good as Shanker. Not better, just as good. Some hate at me, go ahead. No, whatever. Uh, I've never been big into UFO. I just I missed them. They just never hit, hit my radar. Chicago was a huge market for UFO. Like I, t- I had a talk with uh, Mark Popoff, the author, about this. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, we were in Chicago, we were like in our bubble, and we thought UFO was up there with like Zeppelin and Rush, like sales <laughs> right? Because they were selling out multiple nights at the amphitheater. And Shaker was a god to, in Chicago. Wow. He recorded, you know, half that album in Chicago, the, re- the live album. Mm-hmm. So in Chicago, UFO was like a Led Zeppelin type band. Wow. Now you, you find out in other areas, people don't know much about them. Right. So that, I think that plays a big part of it too. For sure. Well, my number one. Show, show. <laughs> yes, I'm going by Motley Crue. Shout at the devil. A lot of people regard this as Motley's best. I might like Too Fast for Love just slightly better, but I'm not. I'm no fool. I know this is a great album. It's dark, uh, but it's got some classics, man. The title track, "Looks That Kill." I think that's one of Crue's coolest songs. It's got everything. It's got the that slick riff. It's got the vocals, the gang vocals. Uh, too young to fall in love. I mean, I mean, every song is good, man. Bastard, danger. I love the cover of Helter Skelter. Danger's freaking great. Yeah, love it. It's so and like I said, when you once you read the dirt and and you uh, it, you you can know this is all real stuff that they, they experienced. It you know it, it's not just made up fake stuff. And uh, I mean, this is eighties metal. This is the blueprint for eighties metal. You know, like I said when we were talking about. And once again, I wasn't trying to knock 
um, lick it up. It's just kind of weird. Like it just, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think they're accomplishing what they're trying to do. You know, they took the makeup off, uh, but I feel like they they weren't there yet, maybe commercially with what everybody else was doing. But crew, man, they were kind of blazing the path, you know, that that chugging bass with the cool riffs, double bass with uh, Tommy Lee. And I don't care what anybody says, man. Vince might not be the greatest live singer, but his voice is stellar on this. I, I know they probably overdubbed the shit out of it or whatever, but he sounds great. And um, it's just good stuff. And it was funny when you talked about like all the merciful fate stuff. So when I was a kid, my I had some older cousins that got me into metal. And they would give me albums and stuff. So they gave me Shout at the Devil at a pretty young age. Once again... Got a freaky, you got a pentagram on the front, but then you open it up, man. And it, once again, it was going back to what I told you when I was on your show about like these superhero type people. You looked at Motley Crue, they look like characters. You know, they look like they're from a freaking Mad Max movie or something. They just look cool. So, you know, once again, I always kind of gravitated to those image bands that had the music to back it up. So, uh, it's great. What, what we say, man? Everybody loves Shout at the Devil. And I'm picking Shout at the Devil okay. over UFO because I don't know I UFO. <laughs> I'm taking Merciful Fate over Look It Up, but I'm giving you Shout Out to the Devil. I can't argue with you there. Okay. I, as much as I love Mechanics, shout, I was full in on Shout Out to the Devil. Yeah. I think it's a great album. I think it's a perfect album. Tommy Lee is, I mean, the thing about that is Tommy Lee is like head and shoulders above the rest of the band musically, mm-hmm. and it shows, and it's great. I just, it, it's great. And yeah, we were full on into it. We saw him open up for Ozzy on that Bark of the Moon tour. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was... This is like I say. I was, I was, I had the leather record. I still had it. I, I bought the leather record, uh, "Too Fast for Love," to be a mail order. So I, I was probably the first guy in Chicago to have the album. So I was into them before they got big. Then all of a sudden they're huge, you know. And I love "Shout the Devil." I got, I got to go with you here. Okay. Definitely. Well, uh, hey man, great. I think, I think eighty three wins. You know, looks that kill. A song like Lips That Kill gets played a lot. Yeah. But it never gets old. It doesn't get old. Nope. And nope. Although, you might not like this. I kind of like the uh, the Generation Swine version of Shout Out the Devil better than the original. Oh, I do too. cool. I do too. I, I, like, this, I like the 97 one better. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, it's great. But you, you like the deep cuts, like Danger is. Oh. Love it. It's so cool. Love it. Yeah. This is Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's so eerie sounding. Yeah. It's a creepy song. You know, it's cool. Fall in love. I love that song. Yep. Yeah. Tommy Lee's drums are just amazing. They're amazing. The riffs it's too. Amazing. It, Great it, riffs. It's the first. You know, Kiss tried to get the John Bonham sound. It's funny because when Gene told told the story, he went up to or Michael James Jackson actually told the story. Uh, he said Gene Simmons came up to him in, for Creatures, and he goes, I want Eric to sound like John Bonham. And he goes, I can't. He goes, why? He goes, he's not John Bonham. <laughs> but my point is, Tommy Lee sounds like Tommy Lee. And, like, yeah. it, rivals, it, it, it rivals that John Bonham sound on, you know, yeah. on physical graffiti and stuff. Yep. It doesn't sound like John Bonham. It sounds like Tommy Lee, yep. but it's just as good as John Bonham shit. It's just, it's, it's great stuff. That's just a magical, yeah, just a magical band, you know what I mean? Like, that was one of those few times where, you know, I think when you got to the 80s, you got a lot of bands that were just expendable. Like, like you could, as long as you had the singer and the guitar player, you could have filtered out the other two guys. Motley Crue was never that way. You knew all the four guys. Um, you know, they definitely had that same kind of a vibe that, like, Kiss had or, like, with the Beatles. You know, you, like, you knew all four guys seemed important to make that music. And uh, that's a cool thing about Motley Crue. You don't get that with a lot of the other 80s bands. 
And you know what? The the girls liked the band right off the bat, even with this heavier sound. Yep. They still because they, they they all thought they were good looking. You know. Yep. Yep. So, you know, all these other bands I would just into, you know, you know, my girlfriend or whatever would, yeah, you know, they're, they're ugly. I don't want to listen to them, but they, they would listen to Motley Crue, right? <laughs> so that helped too. You got to give Motley Crue credit, though, for being, at least in the 80s, they were trendsetters. Even if you didn't like what was going on with Theater of Pain, you got to look at it, what it did to the music scene. When they came out looking that way... Everybody else followed suit. That's when. That's when everybody. We talk about the softening up. Yeah, Ozzy softened up his look. Kiss softened up their look. And the main thing that came out of Theater of Pain, as much as like like I said, people got issues with the album. Even Motley Crue, Nikki thinks it's a piece of shit. Vince doesn't like it, but they really got the the power ballad. Home Sweet Home was like the blueprint, man. Everybody had to have that video, like you know, yeah. Yeah, that saved the album. They threw it together. Vince Neil was lucky he didn't get into prison. Right. You know, he should have been in prison. Um, I don't know. I, I think they got lucky. I mean, Nicky says he was thrown out of heroin the, the next two albums. He doesn't even know why they sold millions. Yeah, yep. And Home Sweet Home saved the album. Oh, yeah. I think it was all pure luck, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't stand theater of pain. But uh, people called it theater of shame. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, then, then they, they, you know, they got a new, uh, you know, uh, Tommy started, he got married to Heather Locklear, and Nicky, you know, almost died, and he started dating play, uh, you know, what, uh, Vanity, and, you yep. know, Vince had his problems, and all this other stuff, but they, they survived, they're mm-hmm. survivors, they kept on plugging along, Nicky Six is like Kiss, you know, he just yep. never gives up, keeps on plugging along, and they, you know, they hit their lows, but then they hit their highs. So you got to give him credit there. One last thing about the crew. What do you think about the rumors uh, that they say that John Five is going to fill in for Mick Mars because Mick Mars is done with touring? You heard these rumors? I don't know. I don't care. I, I'm telling you, Mike. So <laughs> I saw that final tour where they signed the contract. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. The second stage was right next to me. I was sitting next to Billy Corgan, of all people. Billy <laughs> Corgan's friends with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee played on uh, Smashing Pumpkins album. Uh-huh. So he was he was sitting next to me. We had great seats. We were next to the second stage for Home Sweet Home. And and I bought the friggin' Tombstone with all their CDs, and <laughs> I was all in. I'm like, okay. It ended perfectly. And then they released this album, or this movie, that is nothing like the book. Right. And then COVID hits, and they still go on this. Yeah, they made a ton of money. People saw them, but it pissed me off as a fan. Right. I don't know. I I don't care, Mike, honestly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll ever see him again. I had opportunity, a couple opportunities to see him on the stadium tour, and I was like, I'm not seeing him. Because nothing's going to... First of all, they told me they would never tour again. Yep. And secondly... Nothing's going to equal the greatness of that final tour. Right. I don't know. Yep. But, uh, yep. So I don't care if John Five fills it. Yep. I think I was, Nick Mars is like an MVP when I've seen him live mm-hmm. the last few times. Yeah. He's just amazing. You know, with all of his physical ambulance and everything, he just still kicks ass. And they, the way they do him up like a vampire and everything, he kids that out. <laughs> he does. It, it all works. Cool. Well, man, I think uh, we, uh, I, I think know. we solved an age-old question. So unless my math is wrong, I think these add up. It looks like eighty-two ended up with about six votes. Eighty-three ended up with eight. 
So 83 wins. I was kind of surprised, man, because like I said, I love Creatures of the Night so much and I love Number of the Beast so much. I didn't know how it would all shake out. I knew my votes would go for those, but I'm surprised you, you jumped over on the, the 83 side on, on quite a few of them. So that was good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, those are two great years. Yeah. It was just two great years of music. Yeah. Just, I, can I mention someone I had a lead yeah. off? Yeah, what do you got for your honorables? Yeah. So Venom, Black Metal, I mean, that album is great. Again, it's really evil. The thing about that album, it really influenced the grunge sound. Like, mm-hmm. the guys in Pearl Jam were totally into it. Uh, Kurt Cobain, I mean, he ripped off part of Countess Battery for um, uh, his, what's what's the big song? Spirit, uh, Team Spirit. It sounds a lot like Countess Battery as well as... Uh, the Boston song and everything. He's a big rip-off artist anyway. But Black Metal by Venom, Aerosmith Rock in a Hard Place, uh, you know, Joe Perry and, and Brad Whitford aren't on the album, but it still kicks ass. And I saw him live on this tour, and Rick Dufay was a madman. Steven Tyler could barely stand up because he was so messed up, but Rick Dufay was great live. Uh, I love this album. It might be the last great Aerosmith album. I think Pump's pretty good, mm-hmm. but... Again, other than that, you know, Aerosmith brought me through highs and lows. Uh, Twisted Sister Under the Blade yeah. almost made it. That's a cool one. That one's great. Early Twisted Sister people, check out the early Twisted Sister because that's heavy shit. That's, yep. like, that's like New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Lemmy took a liking to them. Pete Wade produced the album, barely. He just sat there and turned up, turned up the knobs. He was so wasted. No pun intended. But <laughs> yeah, Under the Blade is a great album. Uh, Witchfinder General Death Penalty they sounded more like Sabbath than Sabbath did at this time you, know, you get Born Again coming out I think in Europe in 83 but Witchfinder General sounds like like early Sabbath and that album cover is nasty but I love it it's great and then Anvil Metal and Metal they were way ahead of their time you know people talk about why they never made it huge there was a documentary on them that was great that still didn't put them over the top but um, it's just great stuff way ahead of its time and I listen to that. I used to listen to that all the time in that era. But those are the, those are my honorable mentions. They could have easily have fit into my top seven as well. Nice. I, I've never been a huge Death Leopard fan, but I did consider uh, putting Pyromania on because there are some cool songs on there. I'm not a, I'm not a fool. I know there's some good songs on there, and I, I was almost had Dio on there. Uh, Holy Diver. It was probably coming between right. Dio and um, Ozzy. But then when I looked song for song, I felt like as a whole album, I I, knew, I was more into the songs you know, as a complete album with the Ozzy versus uh, the Dio. So I feel like for me, and I'm one of those, once again, it's all, I've said it a million times, it's all relative to when you got on into music, but I kind of got into Dio around Dream Evil. So I know, like, after, from there on, I know those albums better because that's when I got into um, Dio. So it's just, you know, that's just how it is, I guess. Yeah. No, I love the Dio. The first Dio album is great. Definitely. And, uh, we got to see him backstage. Jimmy Bain yelled at my friend and I for eating from their uh, deli tray. <laughs> <laughs> but Dio was cool. Uh, Viv Campbell was awesome. You know, I, I, I had Viv Campbell, his band Sweet Savage, and a lot of those riffs on Holy Diver from Sweet Savage. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned that band, so Viv Campbell was like, took a liking to me for bringing that band up. But yeah, Jimmy Bain uh, yelled at us because no one was, we were hungry. We got backstage at the Aragon Ballroom. And no one was touching the food, so my friend and I started making sandwiches, and Jimmy Bain starts yelling at us. So he still <laughs> made sandwiches, made them, but then we got the hell out of there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Holy Diver, you can't. Yeah, Holy Diver's great. You know, uh, Born Again, 
I was on an episode of another podcast or YouTube. Uh, we did Born Again by Black Sabbath. That's a cool album, yeah. And uh, yeah, one of my you know one of my issues though is you know the production, but I'm like, you know, Dio released Holy Diver, and it was like that was head and shoulders better than Born Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a great album. And Vinny Appice, he's just is a great drummer again. Just brings so much power to it. That's why I like Mob Rules better than Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, hey, this was a good one. We, we we figured it all out. We talk about a couple cool years. It was it was a good time, man. I appreciate yeah. you, appreciate you coming on. They were great years. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you got an open door with me on my show. And anytime you want me on your show, I'm here. Awesome. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. You got it, Joe. Well, that was great chatting with Joe about 1982 and 1983. Great years of metal. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Rock on!